0: listening to the 123 show with me noreen mayor this thursday afternoon and since it's thursday i'd like to welcome back on the program our thursday chinwag correspondent sadia osmani (laughs) good to see you sadia we are live on facebook as well noreen mayor on rthk radio 3 is the page to go to you'd be able to see the lovely sadia who's lady in red beautiful
1: well, you know, love and the blast. Yes, the usual. <laughs>
0: absolutely. So, have you been? Are you feeling pandemic fatigue? Because that's the sort of topic of today. Yes, sort of staying vigilant. Yes, how how are you feeling?
1: I, yeah, I think I think majority of people are feeling it. I th- I know that certainly every day I'm sort of tuned into the news just to see what the update is in terms of cases. And I'm sure the majority of households, certainly everywhere at the moment, are glued to see where the things are moving. And certainly in Hong Kong, we've had a sudden fluctuation here where you know we thought we were out of the sort of difficult period, but it seems to have sort of come back. Um so I thought it'd be quite interesting just to look at that and also how, you know, because I think we're all getting pretty frustrated it's been a hard slog it's been a long year and it's now reaching a stage where you you know you've got chinese new year in that around the corner people want to go and see see family people want to just have a bit of a normal life so there is a certain extent you know a lot of fatigue a frustration that's going on and in any situation in your life i suppose when you do get frustrated, and you do get sort of tired and fatigued, you tend to sort of hit out and lash out people, you know, even if you're just irritable and stuff, the first reaction is, is you're just going to say, Oh, my God, I just don't want this person to be here or whatever. So, so I think, um, just on reading the news recently, I've just been looking at a few articles recently. And it seems as if, you know, I was a bit surprised to see some of the kind of Uh, uh, the kind of angles that some of the articles were coming from in terms of, you know, perhaps blaming certain communities or certain individuals where we feel like, you know, the pandemic is increasing or is not settling down because certain people are being responsible. And it's hard to actually say take one community or one group of people or whatever um, and this is really sort of it seems to be when I was looking into it it's it's not uncommon the whole thing of scapegoats during disease during pandemic situations is a pretty common thing it's you know in the in the past Ebola and cholera now COVID-19 um, and when I was looking at it it says um that the link between disease and blame is rooted in evolution. And this is according to Mark Shaler. He's a professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia and co-author of Social Psychology of Prejudice. And um, he says there's an aversion to unfamiliar outsiders in an instinctual sort of unconscious and an instinctual unconscious response to avoid the risk of infection. And it forms what he calls the behavioral immune system, um, a kind of psychological parallel to the physical immune system. Where we suddenly look for things, where we think, okay, you know, um, this group of uh, in the community, whether it's ethnic minorities or whether it's LGBT, you know, that they are partly to blame for the increase in, in say, you know, cases, the case numbers, things like that. Um, and then, you know, it might be, you know, I did read something recently where, you know, it's saying that, well, you know, this particular community are very. They want to be with their family they want to eat and drink they want to smoke they want to chat but then um who doesn't you know i'd like to question whether we're all feeling a little bit thing and it is kind of our, our sense of responsibility as individuals um, where we have to make sure that we do that. It's funny so, you mentioned,
0: and- you know, specific group. I was listening to uh, Backchat, I think it was Monday morning, when um, Benjamin Cowling, a professor from Hong Kong University, was talking about that. He was sort of saying that uh, he saw policemen sort of taking a 1.5-meter ruler, um, going up to domestic workers at Victoria Park, sort of, you know, telling them the importance of social distancing distancing and then about 100 meters down in, by the shopping mall of course there were no social distancing so you know why so. does it sort of apply to one group and and, and not another and like you said you yeah. know it, it comes down to um, putting certain blame on, on certain groups but we all have a collective responsibility um, to fight the pandemic.
1: And you're absolutely right, you know, I was quite surprised, Um, there's a particular um, supermarket um, not far from where I live, (laughs) I'm not going to name names, but you know, I think it's on a Wednesday, they have a a sort of special, they they do lots of cuts, you know, they do special offers, and I tell you, this place is just absolutely heaving, it is heaving, I avoid it like plague, literally, (laughs) Um, And it is heaving on a Wednesday. Now you can say avoid it
0: like the coronavirus, maybe.
1: Yeah, um, but it's just like that when what happens then to the whole social distancing then that like, should it not be the responsible, the responsibility of, say, supermarkets and things like that to make sure they've got people who are on the premises who are saying, listen, you know, can you keep your distance when you're in the queue and things like that. But I haven't seen anyone really observe the, the you know, the little things they have on the ground to, to, to actually separate people from each other and stuff. So, you know, it's quite surprising. Um, well, when I was reading, um, someone called Jesse the Sher, he wrote something on behalf of Doctors with Borders. And he was saying that there's a very clear pattern of stigma against others during a disease outbreak, and he said the objects of prejudice usually included sort of healthcare workers, and minorities and immigrants, and uh, anyone who looked kind of different to a local community. So, for instance, you know, it might just be that you you dress differently, or your you know your background, you look different, and people will automatically look at you. It's just like if you're thinking of children in a school. And when somebody different walks in, they may have some disability, they may have something else, but children kind of home in on those kind of things. And it's almost seen as a bit of a weakness. Um, and they were saying um, in that the, the article I was reading, it was say back in the 14th century, Europe, obviously Jews were blamed and thousands of them were slaughtered. Uh, by Christian Moss, who basically accused them of spreading the, the bubonic plague, you know, by poisoning wells and streams. At the same time, in the 19th century, America, immigrants from Ireland, Italy and China were also kind of blamed for cholera and polio, you mm. know. Um, and then I think recently they were saying that in America, and this obviously in the States, this is stemmed really very much from authorities, you know, who have said certain things and stuff. And they were saying the U.S. Some leaders have used the racist term Kung Fu um, to describe COVID-19. And, um, and they've increased sort of vis- physical assaults against Asian Americans and stuff. And because I of I remember that, that at the start one... of
0: the pandemic. Remember, people were calling yeah. it a Chinese virus and it sort of sparked yeah. a lot of anti- chinese a lot of racial uh, attacks uh, not just in america mm-hmm. but in the uk as well
1: yeah across. Uh, to, yeah absolutely to non
0: chinese people as well just because they were asian looking i think a filipino yeah, yeah. nurse got attacked and that, in the uk that
1: happened as well if i think back as uh, when the twin towers um incident happened you know 911 um then at that time you know it was like all the the whole terrorism thing and quite a few people who just looked um you know who people thought oh these are muslims these are these Asians, and people were being beaten up you know Mm -hmm. in in the uk because people just saw them and it's a similar sort of thing that if there's anything you know people are looking for someone to blame maybe there's a feeling of satisfaction to be able to know that, okay, it's not me, it's not my fault, it's somebody else who's doing this. Supposedly, New York Police Department announced the formation of the Asian Hate Crime Task Force. As well, because there were a couple of number of incidents there, where, for instance, one documented one by a woman who originally was from Taiwan and she lived in New York for about 16 years, and she was filmed. um, She filmed a video in in the subway of a man sort of accusing her of spreading the kung fu flu. So so it just shows you that, you know, this is happening across the world. When I was looking at some of these articles um, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, for instance, a photojournalist reported that misinformation had led to a number of different sort of potential scapegoats for COVID-19. And, um, you know, again, it was all about they were saying it's a disease of the rich it's a disease of foreigners, according to many people, and you know, and it's a punishment from God. So, so a variety of different ways that people are looking at it. Um, I think in Haiti too, you know, uh, medical workers were distrusted, and they were told that you know, if you uh, if you got involved with some anyone who's giving you medical care, that they're not really trying to help you; they're going to give you a fatal injection. But you know, some very um, I'm sure some very, um, you know, sensible, educated people. There's lots of conspiracy theories that go around about even the vaccine, you know, where they think that, oh, no, don't have it because it is going to be a tracking system. And it's, you know, they're <laughs> going to be following you and all sorts of things. So So there's a number of things. But. I thought a good way to sort of end or, you know, to to give this subject a little bit of a, you know, to put it in a box is to when I was watching last night, the inauguration speech of Biden, and I think that speech in itself seemed to be it just summarized what we're all going through in a way, you know, because I just felt that it was it really reflected what the world is going through. And, you know, he was just stressing like the importance of, you know, working together and, you know, respecting diverse communities and not responding with, say, anger and frustration, but actually listening to communities and and understanding with respect and 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 some sort of awareness of their needs as well. Um, And then the whole thing about, you know, um, being together and working together, whether it's you have a different physical appearance or a different culture, at the end of the day, these diverse communities are what forms the rich society that we live in, you know? And, And I thought his speech last night, you know, was great, but I think it's all coming back to, you know, how vigilant we are in terms of you know you know if we hear news if we read something we need to be reasonably critical of what we read and try and look at it in a balanced way and understand that actually mm, i don't know whether that's a, that's a fact i can't believe everything that's being said to me and it's just about sort of weighing it up i mean do you feel how do you feel have you come across people where they've they've, they've said that oh it's because of this
0: Yeah, um, I I think one thing that comes to mind is a lot of discussion about how ethnic minorities right now in Hong Kong are partly to blame with the increase. And I think it really, I think the COVID crisis sort of reminds us that as a society, we're only as strong as our weakest links. I I think it, it highlights the fact that for the longest time, you know, many, many poorer income ethnic minorities have been living in housing that are sort of suboptimal you know and, and those will increase the risk for them contracting COVID um, I think as, as Benjamin Cowling also mentioned that you know kind of reminds us of what happened with the migrant workers in Singapore that cluster you know when you've got yeah. a lot of people living yeah. in poor suboptimum housing um, you know not necessarily because due to their fault of poor hygiene but perhaps the building itself has exposed them you know I I think that also, and I think for the longest time, the government <laughs> needs to sort out the housing problem without getting political. You know, they, they need to sort it out for the People in the lower income strata of 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 Hong Kong, um, and, and also I'd like to, if you know, if you want to point fingers, this fourth cluster, w- this fourth wave of the coronavirus was really started by the dancing cluster, and since then, mm-hmm. since November, we've had over I don't know four 000, five thousand cases, all because of that. You know, as a parent, my child can't go go to school, and I'm sure many listeners will yeah. will, will, will no doubt. So why aren't any fingers w- pointed towards that certain? Group? Group. Um, so I, I think there are a yeah. lot of questions. I feel, uh, yeah, I, I feel strongly about it. You know, I'm, I'm half Pakistani um, myself. And, and, you know, seeing there's this unfair treatment or blame towards a certain group, it, it, you know, causes a lot of upset and, and anger, I'm, I'm sure, for, for a lot of people in our society. But one thing about vigilance, Sadia, before I forget, is what, mask wearing. And there's so many, and now that I'm on Facebook Live, I, I urge people, please go on there. Noreen Mir on RTHK. Radio 3. And I, I won't demonstrate how to wear a mask because I can't take off my mask. But if you are wearing your, your mask, don't pull it down to the bottom of your chin. Because, you know, the, the chin area is actually, I don't know if you can say it is actually exposed to a lot of bacteria. Yes, yes. And by pulling your mask down and then it yes. touching your chin, and then when you pull it back up again, you are moving the bacteria and germs from your chin back up to your nose area and breathing it in. And so many people do that. It drives me nuts when I see people. People do that.
1: Uh. That's right. And I know you see it all the time. And also, I think, you know, we are obviously, you know, when we go and eat, okay, there's only two of us that can go and eat. But, you know, people have got their masks. They keep their masks. They keep their masks close. by. put it somewhere, tuck it away so it's not going to be putting anything on the table as you as you put it on the table you know so it's just about vigilance i think it's responsibility it's taking responsibility i mean you know i i and touching I, the mask point, as well, well I mean, on the
0: outside you know sanitize your hands otherwise you're just touching the yeah. germs on the outside and That's then transferring right. it everywhere anyway
1: and change your mask often enough, you know, if you've got it on for a number of hours, yes. then just change, because now there's no excuse that, you know, masks are available left, right and center, and they're reasonably priced. So in order to stay safe for yourself and for anyone else, I think it's important that you do change your mask after, you know, you've, you've gone out once and you've had a couple of hours outside and things like that, then put a fresh mask on when you come back, you know. Um, Next week, I'm going to try and talk a little bit more about, like, you know, traveling um, as to, you know, if you are venturing out and you are going to be traveling, how traveling is going to change. I'm winking at you, Sadia, but you can't see
0: me sort of winking. (laughs)
1: Yes, I can see you winking. (laughs) Bill, you can find out about that next week. But, yeah, I think generally the message for today is really about the whole thing of vigilance and responsibility, that we all have responded regardless of what community we come from, regardless of our background or culture, whatever it is. I think unless we do this as a team, as we work together and we care about everyone else who's there, um, you know, with us, nothing can happen you know we have to really just try very hard to abide by the rules and to follow these instructions that we're given and we and we are given those instructions all the time so it's just being careful about it but uh, let's hope that you know things i just look at the numbers every day and hope that maybe the cases will fall soon and conditions will get a bit better
0: fingers crossed well sadia stay healthy and happy thank you very much indeed for your sharing uh, with us this afternoon and i look forward to more chinwags with you uh, next thursday thank you very much indeed for your time